Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. So we are to always pray and never become discouraged. And the Message Bible says, pray consistently and never quit. Never quit. Well, it looks like that's not going to happen. It looks like that's not going to work. Well, you know, sometimes you have to put the results in God's hand and you have to go on and do what you know to do and do not quit. I love that's what Dr. Summerall, who, you know, uh, uh, ordained Eddie and myself, and, and that's one of the things he would always say, I did not quit. He had many times where it looked like he was down and out, but he refused to quit. And that's where we need to be in the things that we're uh, stepping out to believe God for. We don't need to quit. Now, I'm going to tell you, there are things you face in life and there are difficulties and discouragements and, uh, you know, disappointments and things that come your way. But just remember this, disappointments are to take you away from God's direction for your life, for your destiny in God. That's why disappointments come into your life. And, you know, I, I say it a lot, especially when I'm teaching on prayer. In the first Corinthians, I may get knocked down, but I get up again and keep on going. I refuse to quit. I refuse to be discouraged. And I may, when I'm trying to get up, I may look ungraceful as everything in the world. And I may feel like there's no way I can get up, but bless God, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up. And then I'm going to keep on going. And we can even disappoint ourselves. You know, we sin, we fail, but you know, that's not the tragedy. Now, sin is not good. And you know, the body of Christ, the teachers and preachers in the body of Christ are not going to tell you about sin because it might run you off and our church growth may not be where it needs to be. Well, you know what? Eddie and I decided a long time ago, if people can't take the Word of God, then we can't help them. The Word of God is what's going to help bring security to your life and steadfastness to your life. And if you sin, we're not going to skirt that issue. We're not going to not talk about it because we don't want to hurt your feelings. Now, I think you need to treat people with dignity. And even if they do fail and if they do sin, you wouldn't embarrass people. So I'm not talking about that. But to act like sin is not sin, to never call it out, I'm telling you, it's wrong. It is wrong. People living in adultery, cheating on their spouse, and we don't say anything. Now, I may not speak directly to your situation because I may not know about your situation, but the Word of God speaks to it. The Word of God tells us if you're not treating your family right, if you're, you know, being mean and hateful through your words and your marriage is not where it needs to be, that is sin. You need to get, and, and we're not going to skirt that. 
oh, well, you know, we're going to talk on healing and prosperity. And yeah, we need to talk about those things because they're good and it's a part of the Word of God too. But there's a lot more parts to it. There's a lot more to say about it. Amen. So sin is sin. I'll just say that. I needed to get that in there because I just tell you, I get, I get, I get concerned. I was listening to something the other day and it was kind of like a collage of different ministers and, um, and it, it just grieved my heart because everybody was talking about the blessings, your dream, your destiny. Well, do we talk about those things? Yes, we do. But people can live like the devil and be the Laodicean church in the middle of church life. We've got the Laodicean church that's alive right now, folks. Did you know it? It's alive and kicking. And you know what that church is, the lukewarm church. And God said, I want you to be hot or just be cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. I don't know about you, but that puts the fear of God in me. I don't want to be vomited from the presence of God. I want to get my life right, get it straight, whatever I need to see and do then be able to take care of it. Be where you stand, lest you fall. You can fall. But you know what? It's just like I said, what do you do? You get up again. You dust yourself off. You repent. There's that ugly word again. Repent. What does repent mean? It means to go the other way. To go the opposite direction. You follow the devil. You do the works of the devil. You repent. You turn around and you go the other way. Toward God. Toward holiness. Toward righteousness. Amen. Well, I better move on. The English standard says of Luke 18.1, it says, Always pray and not lose heart. Don't lose your heart being connected to God through His Word. Don't lose that heart for the Lord. Amen. Now, Acts 12, 5 through 9, as you look over there, you see, <clears throat> I'm not, you can look at that later. I'm, I'm going to have to go a little faster here because I want to get these things in. But in Acts 12, you see that James, um, the brother of John, it is told, was martyred. King Herod killed him. And the Jews, just look, listen to this. The Jews, the religious people stood there and they wanted James to be killed. And that's the way religious people are today. I'm not talking about born-again people. I'm talking about religious people. You know what I'm saying? Religion can be an ugly, smug thing. And yeah, that's right. Cut James' head off. Kill him. Get him out of our presence. And then so they slam Peter in jail. 
And they think Herod says, well, I'm going to do the same thing to him that I did to James. But now this is what happened, though. When the people saw, when the Christian people, the early church saw what had happened to James, they said, it's not going to happen again. And what did they do? They met together and they ceased not to pray. In other words, those people got together and they called on God. They sought the Lord. They asked God to help them. Behold their threatenings. That wasn't the time that we read that, but that's really. Behold their threatenings, Lord. They've killed James and now they're after Peter and we're praying that you spare his life. We're praying that you stop those religious people and this king from doing this to Peter. And then you know what happened? They're in there praying up a storm. I mean, they are praying up a storm. And then what happens? All of a sudden, the angel comes to Peter. Peter's asleep. He is asleep. And the angel came and said, wake up, Peter. We're going to get out of here. And the chains fell off of him. And he was between, how, how does that happen? He's between soldiers, sleeping between those soldiers. But the chains fall off. The angel comes to get him and Peter thinks he's in a vision. And all the time this is happening because the church is praying. The church has to pray for its leaders today the people that God has raised up to preach the gospel, whether it's here, uh, whether, whether it's on television, whether it's, you know, around the world through mission outreach or what, the church has got to pray for the leadership. And so they knew that. They instinctively, I think, knew that when they saw what happened to James and what could happen to Peter. And then Peter went back and he knocked on the door where all the church was gathering, praying. And you remember, what was her name? Rhoda. Rhoda comes to the door. Oh my gosh, it's Peter. And then what does she do? Slams the door and runs back in. <laughs> Said, let me in. I'm here. The angel of the Lord has released me. And so here you can see that things changed when the church prayed. That's why praying to transform, praying to change, praying to reverse, and we can't lose that, people. We can't lose that. And through discouragement, disappointments, our own failures, we can lose it if we're not careful. Amen? but we're not going to lose it. Now, I want to just tell you from Isaiah 38, verses 1 through 3, I want to read that in just a minute, or maybe I'll just refer to it for time's sake. But anyway, it's talking about King Hezekiah and how God spoke to King Hezekiah, and he said, uh, through Isaiah, he spoke to the prophet and he said, go to King Hezekiah and I want you to tell him, you know, get your house in order because you're going to die. 
And then Hezekiah had been a good king, really. His father, Ahaz, uh, was a wicked king. But when Hezekiah got into rule, and he was probably about 25 uh, years old, and I think he ruled about 29 years, he began to turn that wickedness, and he began to live for the Lord and take Jerusalem, Judea, uh, Judah, take them back to the right direction as his father had taken him so far away from the Lord. And so he was a direct contrast of his father. And he pleased, Hezekiah pleased the Lord. But here we see he tells, um, uh, God tells Isaiah, he said, get up and go give him a word. And the moment that that happened, Hezekiah did something that we may look at and we think, wonder why he did that. But the Bible says, here was Isaiah giving him that word. And of course he was troubled. Of course he didn't want to die. He wasn't ready to die. And the Bible says he turned his face to the wall. You know what that means? He turned himself away from his family. He turned himself away even from Isaiah. He turned himself away from his problems and everything that was going on in the kingdom that might pull him off course. He said, I'm going to do what's important. And what's important is for him to live. And you know, that's a good example for us. When, when all hell is breaking loose in our life, we need to turn our face to the wall and get, get everything out of our vision and turn our face to the wall to God and seek Him. And what did the Bible say happened when He did that? He, he gets a hold. You, you know, can't you just see this now? This is me in my own eyes, okay? This is not what the Scripture says, but I can just see Isaiah. I can see him running in there. Okay, you know, the Bible says, get your house in order, Hezekiah. I don't know what he could have done that maybe brought that on. I don't know or if he did do anything. But, but Isaiah said, okay, you get your house in order because you're going to die. And then he, you know, just goes his way and he's going on down the road and right in the middle, God arrests him in the road as Hezekiah is there calling out to the Lord, turning his face from every issue in life and turning his face to God. And he tells Isaiah, okay, now you go back there and you tell him, I'm going to give him 15 more years. Can you just see Isaiah, Isaiah said, God, what is this? I just told him he was going to die. And now you want me to go back and tell him that. And God said, you go tell him. The Lord has spoken who can but prophesy. You're going to say what God told you to say. That's what you're going to do. So he goes back in there and Hezekiah gets, five, uh, gets 15 more years. Now, why am I telling you that story? I'm telling you that story to show you that things can be transformed and things can be changed and things can be reversed. Well, God never changes. Well, you know, as far as the Word of God and what we read here, what He's given to us, He doesn't. But when we pray, we can see here in the book of Acts and in Isaiah that things changed. He was persuadable. 
Kesara. What will be, will be to you. To you. Now, I know I'm not going to tell you that there aren't things that God says and it's that way. And things go on that way. I'm not going to tell you that, that things don't happen like that because you know, number one, I'm a liar. And I won't say that. But you can change things. You know, I, I heard this story, and I'm, I'm hurrying. I heard this story about a young boy, young baby was born, and the doctors told this mother, they said, your baby doesn't have a brain. So there's nothing you can do. There's nothing we can do. This is just the way this baby is. That mother got a hold of the Word of God, and I think it was that scripture, you have the mind of Christ. And she started speaking over that baby. And the church that she was in, they started praying with her. God is a God of the miraculous. And I want to tell you, you know, year would go by, another year would go by, another year would go by. And I heard the testimony of this young boy. He was 12 years old, and he was talking as clearly and as well as anyone. He was in school. He was progressing. And God gave him a brain when they said, you're not going to be able to function. This little baby is not going to be able to function. It's a miracle. It is a miracle. Jeremiah, is anything too difficult for thee? Is anything too difficult for you, Lord? No, it isn't. And we've got faith that we can tap in to the very life-giving source who is our Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can see things transformed. And that's what we must believe when we pray. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.